Good morning, I'm Father Matt, I'm one of the pastors here, one of the priests here. We've been preaching through Isaiah the last two months, and now we've come to a feast, a holiday where we're uh, teaching from and proclaiming good news from the Gospel of Luke that's full of Isaiah's language and imagery. We hear Simeon, all filled up on the Holy Ghost, prophecy about Jesus. It's It's a prophecy that amazes and challenges Mary and Joseph, and because The proclamation of the word uh, takes the Holy Spirit, the unction, and the power therein. I pray the Lord be with you. Simeon, we're told, eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area, took Jesus in his arms, and praised God, saying, Now, Master Let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the presence of all the peoples. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. Today, friends, we proclaim the good news, that God isn't waiting around hoping you'll do something great for him. Our job, your job, isn't to make something great happen. But today, church, receive this. God's Spirit rests on us to reveal to us God's kingdom. Open your eyes. Bear witness to what God is doing around you and in you. Be led by the Spirit today. I've been wanting to see a lot of movies recently, uh, talking about it on social media and to anyone who will listen to me, and so... With many good ones out, like seriously good ones, yesterday at 4.15 p.m., I decided to spend 86 minutes watching Miss Americana, the new Taylor Swift documentary. (laughs) There are many things in my life that I am not necessarily proud of. (laughs) Taylor Swift is uh, perhaps no bigger uh, star in the last 15 years, celebrity in our country uh, and around the world, actually pop singer, country singer, and the documentary details how hard and long she worked from a, as a, young, from a young age to make this celebrity happen. She's done something great, and she shares about why she's accomplished that and what has motivated her throughout her career, and I want to give you just some quotes from this most average documentary I watched. <laughs> she says, My enti- this is the, these are the first words of the documentary. My entire moral code, as a kid and now, is a need to be thought of as good. It was all I wrote about, all I wanted. It was the complete and total belief system I ascribed to as a kid. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. The main thing that I tried to be was like a good girl. She goes on, I've trained to be happy when you get a lot of praise. I had that praise of, Taylor, you're doing a good job at your work, at being a songwriter, at being a musician. Those pats on the head was all I lived for. I was so fulfilled by approval. That was it. I became the person that everyone wanted me to be. Um, In this documentary, there's this pivot, um, sort of the Kanye West event, I won't go into it, in 2009 VMA Awards. And she begins to make pop music and she's, she did something only the Beatles have done. She uh, had an album at number one for six straight weeks on four consecutive albums. 
But then the media started um, calling her fake and evil, criticizing her, calling her um, like a whore. She says in this documentary, when people decided I was evil, wicked, conniving, and not a good person, that is the one thing I could not really bounce back from because my whole life was centered around it. The hashtag Taylor Swift's over party. Taylor Swift is over party. Trended number one worldwide. And she said this, do you know how many people have to be tweeting that for it to be number one worldwide? Last quote I'll leave you with. In tears, middle of the documentary, she's talking to her mom, who's, who's also her best friend. She says, we're people who got into this line of work because we wanted people to like us. Because we were intrinsically insecure, because we liked the sound of people clapping, because it made us forget about how much we feel we're not good enough. And I've been doing this for 15 years, and I'm just tired of it. Just tired. Now, I won't ruin the end of the documentary because I know you all are dying to see it. But I, think, but I think that the early part of Taylor's story is the embodiment of the modern American dream. Work hard. Get people to like you. Do well. Get praise. Feel good about yourself. And maybe, maybe the clapping and the cheers will be louder than the insecurity and loneliness we feel. The pressure to perform. The drive to achieve. The need for approval and love to somehow, some way, just feel that it's okay to be human. Can anyone relate to this? As Christians, we have a lot of what Taylor's talking about, plus the need, this need to do like cosmic eternal stuff that matters for God. I'm raising two kids and I hope they love Jesus when I'm done with them. I'm helping lead a church, and I hope I don't screw y'all up. <laughs> I started a leadership organization that trains leaders to love like Jesus, and some days I feel like I'm a complete poser. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Today, friends, into a Taylor Swift world where we get compelled and squeezed to do more, be liked, the pressure, drive, need for achievement, approval, adulation, today, we proclaim the good news. God isn't waiting around hoping you'll do something great for him. Your job isn't to make something happen for God. Today, church, receive this. God's spirit rests on you to reveal God's kingdom. Open your eyes. Bear witness to what God is doing around you and in you. Be led by the spirit today. Two things that we see in our text from Luke 2 today, that the Spirit helps us name what God is doing so, the, so that God can get to the heart of what really matters. The Spirit helps us name what God is doing so he can get to the heart of what really matters. Notice three times we're told the Holy Spirit's relationship with Simeon in Luke 2. We're told that the Holy Spirit rested on him in, in verse 25. Then we're told it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't die before he saw the Messiah in verse 26. And then he was guided by the Spirit and he came into the temple in verse 27. Friends, you, you only need to be a Christian for like 20 minutes to know 
that when a Bible writer uses the same word three times in a row, it's important. I mean, here's a secret. That's not just true for the Bible. That's true for any book you read. This is important stuff. The Spirit and Simeon are working together. Notice that there's, there's a synergy here. There's a participation. There's no aspect of God controlling Simeon. Nor of Simeon like going alone to do something great for God. There's this beautiful commingling of God's Spirit with Simeon's Spirit. Simeon doesn't make something happen. He has eyes to see because he's open to God. He's anticipating the restoration of Israel and he's able to see how God is bringing that rather than assume it's his job to make it happen. Friends, this is why we talk about and we train in our church about Kairos moments and our DNA groups. We, we begin to pay attention and notice to how God is at work among us, naming it so that we can participate in it. There's no pressure to get God to do something in your life today. There's no pressure to perform. <laughs> There's no achievement you have to unlock to get the God power added to your abilities. Let the millennials understand. God is present and at work. He cares about his kingdom more than you do. He will meet you in your reality. Today, friends, hear the good news. God isn't waiting around hoping you'll do something great for him. There is no pressure for you to make something happen for God. But rather, God's spirit rests on you to reveal God's kingdom. Open your eyes. See it. Name it. Notice it. Declare it. Bear witness to what God is doing around you and in you. Be led by the Spirit today. Notice also, too, that God's Spirit doesn't just help us see what he's already doing, but God's Spirit wants to get to the heart of things. Simeon gives Mary and Joseph this incredibly amazing message, and while their head is spinning... He kind of lets them have it at the end of this text. There's going to be light to the Gentiles. Your boy Jesus will cause the falling of many in Israel. He's a sign that will be opposed. Inner thoughts of many will be revealed. Sword's going to pierce your own soul, Mary. The spirit work gets to the heart of what is really going on. Not just perception and externals and exteriors, but down into our bones. What is God up to here? I think this is one of the reasons why we uh, so often miss and or resist God's work. I mean, as hard as like t it is to live the Taylor Swift life, and there's only uh, one or two of us that are doing that, Taylor being one, as hard as that is, that's easier for us than to actually have the inner thoughts of our hearts revealed. It's easier to create a Taylor Swift happiness, a stage and a platform and a skill and a pulpit and a talent and a competency that we can receive praise for. That's safe. That doesn't demand our hearts. That doesn't pierce our own soul. But as much as possible, friends, we, what we see the Spirit doing in our world is, uh, what we see the Spirit doing in our church is revealing hearts. 
opening us up, which uh, is challenging, brings conflict. Sometimes we want to oppose that. Sometimes we're like, mind your own business, JC. Let me just do my 20-minute devotional and listen to Caleb as I go to work. Mind your own business. This is why many of us miss it, though. It's too scary, too hard, too demanding. Many of us have carved out our own little Taylor Swift kingdoms. We may not wear glitter and heels, but in our own domain, we are there to rock it. We've learned to focus on our persona, to make an impression, to craft a perception. But love of Christ calls us into the light. It exposes our inner thoughts, our self-improvement schemes. It reveals our insecurities. Will we meet Christ there today? Or will we release another one, another number one album to fill the void? Today, friends, we proclaim the good news that God isn't waiting around hoping you'll do something great for him. Your job isn't to make something happen for God. But today, church, receive this. God's spirit rests on us to reveal God's kingdom to us. Open your eyes. Bear witness to what God is doing around you, but also, friends, the terrifying work of in you. So uh, I have a confession to make. Um, one of the things that's... It's, it's, re- it's, um, it's hard to raise kids in the faith. It's really hard to raise kids in the faith as somebody who gets paid to raise your kids in the faith. Um, and my confession is this, uh, we, don't, we don't do daily devotions as a Tebby family regularly. We have in the past, we do them occasionally or seasonally, we probably will in the future, but the morning school schedule, what it is, makes it hard, and an 11 and a 7 year old uh, who, who uh, get on the bus at like... Uh, 7.30 and then, or I'm sorry, 7.10 and then 8.30 and a 43-year-old who isn't sleeping well at the moment makes all of that really difficult. So there, there's not a day that goes by where I don't feel some pressure or guilt to like make some God thing happen in my family. Right? If I'm not, if I'm not reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to my kids... God can't be at work. So I feel like a failure as a priest, as a pastor. Uh, I feel this pressure to make that happen. And that if I don't, God won't do anything. Um, and that's probably like one of like a hundred areas in my life that I could share just like that, where I feel that it's, I just am not doing enough. Uh, but once a week, uh, Deacon and I, go out on a date. Actually, once a week, I take uh, each alternating Saturday mornings, I take my kids on, on dates. And um, yesterday was Deacon's Day. And uh, I got Deacon's permission to talk about this. Um, we went on a date, and I said, I always try to ask questions uh, that we can just have a conversation about. I said, Deacon, what's the, what's the hardest part of your life right now? What's the most difficult thing that you're, you're dealing with? And uh, he said, well, Dad, it's probably this pressure I feel to perform and be perfect. 
in a, I spent the next 10 minutes just affirming him how important it is to notice that and how he's not alone and that every single stinking person feels that. And the only difference between you and them is that many of them don't even know it. So I live in this world of God's got to be, I got to do more to get God at work in my family and make sure my kids don't grow up, you know, uh, in a Taylor Swift <laughs> tsunami. Uh, but then also, too, um, uh, leading my family with the things we lead our church by, which is God is present and at work, and you can enter into them right here, and he cares about it more than you do, and he's going to meet you right where you really are. Uh, and just deeply encouraged that, um, that God's Spirit's at work in my son. And it has very little with what I'm producing or achieving. And I need to see that, and I need to declare it to you, not as a humble brag, but because we need faith, friends, that this is happening. God isn't waiting around hoping you'll do something great for him. Or, or it's not your job to make something happen, produce something big, but rather receive this church. God's spirit is at work in us. It rests on us to reveal God's kingdom in us and through us. So here's my question to you. Where is God's Spirit at work in your life today? Around you, in you. I know maybe you're in touch with the fact that your album only got number two on the world charts and not number one. There's a moment in this documentary where Taylor Swift, her album doesn't get nominated for Best Album of the Year Grammy, and she is shook to her core. I know you're in touch with, we're in touch with that. But friends, can we today, with Jesus in our midst, declare what God is doing to each other and celebrate it? Where is God at work today? In your life? What can you name and notice and declare that is good? Let's take a few moments to think about that. And then we'll have a chance to respond in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.